0: This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone and welcome to the We Spin Recipes podcast. I'm Andrew Apanov, as you may know, and today you're going to hear my conversation with Cheryl Engelhardt. Cheryl is a singer-songwriter who has worked in numerous fields of the music industry over the years. From recording studios and teaching music to freelance composing for national ads and touring as an indie artist and and much more. She's got a new collaborative album out soon, or out now depending on when you're listening to the show. And Cheryl has also got her own live course for musicians called MX4, where she and other industry professionals help the participants to improve their music careers. Pretty cool stuff, very close to my heart because we're doing a similar thing here at Wispin. You can check it out. The link is in the show notes as usual. In this show, you're going to hear Cheryl's advice on how to be a full-time professional musician. I could sort of sum it up as having the right mindset, precisely managing your time and resources, educating yourself constantly and understanding what you can sell and to whom. I encourage you to listen to the show in full to learn the details, and in the meantime, if you are subscribed to us on iTunes kindly, take a minute to review the show so we can be discovered by more artists who may benefit from the show. I know you probably hear this kind of request often on other podcasts, but I really speak to you here. Even if you haven't ever done this in the past, please consider taking a minute to rate and review the show. It's not difficult, but would be a massive help, and I personally would appreciate it a lot. Thank you in advance, and now enjoy today's interview. Hello, Cheryl, and thanks a lot for being on the show. How are you doing?
1: Good, thank you for having me.
0: So, I did a quick introduction of yours uh, in the intro right now, but uh, it feels like it would uh, really be great to hear uh, more on your background. So a typical banal question, but do you mind introducing yourself sure. and sharing <laughs> the projects you've been working on? Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I've been playing the piano since I was really, really little, like three years old. And then I went to college and actually studied marine biology, thinking I was going to work in science and I just, I missed music. Like it, it didn't feel right to not have it. So I double majored with music. And then after school, I got a job working, you know, working for science doing research and scuba diving and and water quality things. And I, again, missed music. So I had a a few weeks off and I ended up writing some music for a friend's website, for videos on a website. And I really liked that. And I just never went back to the science. And from there, I started working on independent films, scoring independent films, which led me to a, a job in the advertising industry. And I was there for about four years and I was working at a jingle house, writing music for commercials. At the same time, I realized I was in this beautiful recording studio and I should probably record some of the songs I had been writing. So I put together a band and we did some gigs and we started recording and we made a CD. And then I started touring and really liked doing all those gigs. So I left the Jingle House and I and I toured for several years with my band across Europe. I've been to Switzerland seven times, playing there solo with my band, Germany, England, and all across the United States. And from there, I ended up, you know, meeting a couple people that worked at collegehumor.com, which is a, a website that creates really silly videos. It's a, it's a humor website. And I started writing music for them, got back into writing music for commercials, but as a freelancer. Mm-hmm. And I realized that as an independent musician, if you're not doing the big, huge tours all of the time, which I, I liked, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like that was it for me. I really, I realized that I really liked the partnership in creating music. With a film director or a company, like I liked working with film and videos. I liked the challenge of trying to figure out how to make something else that's already been created, how to enhance that with music, and I liked my role in that. So I started doing more of that, and now I, you know, I'm doing a little bit of everything. I, I've gotten asked to speak at different conferences and. I've written an e-course and I have a course that's called MX4 that's for musicians about how to really make a full-time living as as a musician, which I've been doing since 2007 on my own. So that's sort of, you know, another angle. I I do the composing. I have my own, my fourth record is coming out soon. It's all duets and collaborations, which is something I really love and figured out after my father passed away. I was trying to figure out why did I really want to do music? And initially it was because I was trying to connect with him and I was trying to be cool. And what I realized is that I just love that partnership and that creativity and and being able to totally express yourself. So, so yeah, there's a little bit of everything going on right now. And it's, that's sort of where I am right now. And it's, it's fun. And I get to do things like this and talk to you.
0: (laughs) Exciting. No, no, it's, it's really awesome. By the way, science, has it ever inspired the lyrics or uh, what you do, your, (laughs) your background in, in science?
1: You know, it's funny. People used to ask me, "How are you going to combine science and music?" And I was like, "I'll write songs to the dolphins." I, it hasn't really. I mean, I have a, a deep appreciation for you know for all the things that I, I learned and the processes of how to learn them. And on, I actually wrote an article recently for my blog, Living on Gigging, about the different ways that I use my science degree in my music career. And it's more it's more big picture stuff. Like research, when you do research, you need to, if you want to change the results, you can only change, in science, you only change one thing at a time because you want to keep the whole thing controlled. So when I'm working at my career and I want to see new results, I I change one thing and try to figure out what was working, what wasn't working. So there's sort of these big processes that I got from studying, from being a science major. But no, I don't think I got any specific lyrics from... 'm I'm just like going through my whole catalog really fast, trying to think of like if there are any specific song. I mean, there's definitely like a connection to nature that I've always appreciated, and I think that was one of the draws to studying science. But no, I don't I don't think there's anything directly related to a song about yeah, studying but, science.
0: But, but what you mentioned is uh, actually even even cooler in a way, because so many musicians are oftentimes missing this uh, analytical approach to marketing even, because uh, these days it's, it's really all about testing and experimenting and trying different things out. So what Thank you me. just mentioned, yeah, it's it sounds really relevant to, to what you've been doing. And I'm really curious about this uh, course and what you've been doing uh, for musicians. So do you mind telling me why you decided to start something like an educational course a platform yeah. for musicians in the first place
1: yeah well thank you for asking that's a it's a great question I think it was five or six years ago i I just I got asked to speak at a, a small music conference the millennium music conference about my experience as a full-time musician touring and licensing my records and fan funding and you know all those things and there is someone in the audience that ended up being a, sort of a CEO founder of this huge music company called reverb Nation and he said to me he's like hey you should should write a book. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not a writer. Like, stop. What? No. He's like, no, the stuff that you're saying is like really needed, necessary. And I was thinking about like all of the books that I had on my bookshelf, like I would buy every, this is what they don't tell you in the record industry or how to make it in music and how, you know, all the how-to books. And there was nothing that gave me like the answer from the point of view of a musician that was not huge and not super famous, but paying their rent and making making a living for themselves and doing what they really loved. And I heard this phrase the other day called the middle-class musician. And I kind of like that, that idea. You don't have to be a starving artist and you also may not become that huge, you know, playing for 40,000 people stadium, but you can absolutely have a whole life of creating music and doing what you're passionate about. And I, I looked at what I was doing. I'm like, Oh, even though I want to be in a different place and I want success to me means something different than it means to someone else. I realized that like I I am doing that and I might have something to offer and and I might have been that person that I was looking for when I was starting all this stuff and bought, you know, hundreds of dollars worth of books trying to find the answers. So that sort of started, you know, I started my blog in 2008 living on gigging and, and started just sharing more personal stories of what worked, what didn't work, you know, experiences on the road and that was a really good platform for me to start to write Here's how I learned to use some free tools to market myself here and then you know we'd talk about that so and and those posts became really popular and I'm like oh there's people want to know this stuff okay let's start having conversations and then I got I got training in in being a career coach so that I could really listen to people better and listen to musicians and not just share my experiences but also sort of see what was stopping them so getting that training sort of really helped me get that I can offer something and I can listen to people and I can see that we are in our own way. And there are processes and systems that work around making money, around taking action, around scheduling the things you have to do that are really, really valuable. And we don't do by default. So yeah, so I, st- I ended up creating this platform in the key of success. And that's where all my courses are hosted. And it's really it's not a lot of courses. It's an ebook. And then the course that I really love is this MX4 course which is a 6 week online video class so anyone can do it from anywhere in the world and we go through branding getting clear on your purpose different ways to make money and we put a whole marketing plan together so that you're unrecognizable to yourself in 6 weeks that's the point of the course and I've done 6 of them so far and they've been really successful and people really love them and no one's asked for their money back and and I love doing it I I learn more about the music industry because we have guest experts come in and talk to people and it's just it's been really good to sort of also continue to learn myself, but provide some insights onto what works for other musicians that were sort of in the place I was, you know, six, seven, eight years ago.
0: Yeah, awesome. And I hear you really well on, on learning yourself. It's something that we discussed on, with Ilver Sound on just the previous, uh, on a recent, uh, of the recent edition of this podcast, that it's one of the best ways to learn something in, mm. in any industry by teaching others. So it's pretty pretty good hack in a way. And yeah, so it sounds like you really deliver a very practical advice, something that musicians need. And uh, it's true that when you find specialists in the music industry, a lot of them really know what they're talking about, but it's somewhat rare to see a musician who achieved a specific level of success and just lives doing what he or she loves and teaching others at the same time how to do just that so i really like mm-hmm. that and it's pretty unique you just mentioned something so you as you were figuring out what other musicians needs and you are looking for things that maybe stopping other artists mm-hmm. to achieve success so can you list uh, some of the things that you've discovered maybe even unexpectedly to yourself
1: that stopped me that from
0: you stop other musicians, from- yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've kind of experienced the whole spectrum of things that stop me. I mean, one of the biggest things for me is just not being clear on what it is I want. And I see this for a lot of musicians. They, you know, there's like a standard cookie cutter thing you can do, which is put a band together, record an EP, put it out there, try to get some press, do a release show, and sometimes that just doesn't feel like it's doing what it needs to do. And it's like a machine that you've sort of inputted your songs into. And there are other ways to get your music out there. And there, and it's really like, well, this is what I should be doing. And that word should is always really tricky. And I think that word alone gets in a lot of people's ways. Like I, I should stay with my day job. I should, you know, I should do a big tour, even though I don't like performing live. I, you know, people, that's a really big really big problem for a lot of people is going the direction that they think they should go versus sitting down and being like, what do I really want to do? Like, I really want to do this. And also figuring out what do you really not want to do? And that's okay. And not judging yourself. You know, if you really do not want to tour, there are ways, and I'm, I'm doing this right now. I'm not in a, you know, I go in in and out of wanting to perform live, but I'm not in a touring year right now. And I'm making music and I'm, connecting with people and I'm doing music videos and I'm doing all the collaboration, all that stuff that I love is happening, but I'm not on tour. And it's the same thing with people that don't want to record and they just want to, like, there's so many different ways to sort of take the blinders off and take the should out of it. So that's one really big one is people following the should instead of what they really want and getting clear on what they really want. That gets in the way. Let me think. Another thing, I mean, this is kind of an obvious one you hear a lot, but there's ways to kind of really dig in and break it down. But being a, afraid of failure is a huge thing i mean w- when you go out and release a record or you you book a show and you have to get people out there it's terrifying to think oh my god no one may come why should i even book it in the first place that's something that we do a lot and really it really keeps us small and it keeps us safe even if we're not super happy and we're not really fulfilled because we want to be doing music we're whatever life we're living in right now is familiar and familiarity is really powerful And sometimes we will do anything just to stay in what's comfortable instead of expand. And the reason we stay small is because we're afraid of what does it look like if I expand? I don't know what it looks like. It's new. It's scary. It's unpredictable. I might make a fool of myself. I might fail. I might lose money. Like there's a risk. And so we're inherently, you know, trained and it's in our DNA to not take risks, right? So, you know, being a musician and, and going out and Doing the thing that feels scary or, or making that request of that artist you want to open for, or just writing the email to your fans to say that you're doing a fan funding campaign, that is scary and sets you up for, you know, a lot of different options to come, you know, opportunities to show up, but you're not going to know what they are until you kind of take that step out of the comfort zone. So that's another big one. And I've experienced that personally as well, pretty much daily. <laughs> but yeah, those are those are the two, the two big things. I think the third one that's It's a little less. Well, this might be common. I don't know, but a lot of people think that they need someone else to find them, or they need connections in order to create the career that they want. That it's up to someone else, like a record label or someone, and it's just not true. And it keeps us again, it keeps us not moving. It keeps us small to think that it's the responsibilities in someone else's hand. It's scary to think that it's all up to us. Like we are a hundred percent in control of that. But that's also really empowering. You know, we get to say how it goes. So. That's another way that we stand in our own right. in our own way, thinking, Oh, it's it's someone else. I need to be found. Yeah. So and I know that, that that's a reason why a lot of people tour and perform live is they're waiting for that ANR person to be in the audience. It's just not how it works anymore. So it's yeah, true. getting yeah. that is is kind of important. So yeah.
0: Yeah, great ones. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I fully agree. I've seen those as well. And so what what would you say about the importance of uh, education throughout this whole thing? Because It's kind of crucial to do everything yourself and not uh, necessarily depend on others and look out for the support of someone picking you up. But um, it's pretty difficult when you don't quite know how things work. So uh, it's obviously something that you're doing, educating other musicians. But do you think that overall musicians are undereducated and there is not enough sources for them to learn more? Or is it more that musicians themselves don't try to find that information
1: i think there's information out there and i think that there are musicians going and and finding it i never would assume that you know everything i think that even the biggest experts in the biggest fields are still going to conferences having conversations i think networking and educating yourself kind of come hand in hand i don't think it's necessary to go get a music degree i think there are ways to you know improve your chops i think taking lessons and getting really good at your craft, songwriting workshops. I mean, you can go get a degree from a college in music, but I think that that can sometimes also take you out of the game and be a procrastination tool. So you just want to be really clear on why you're doing that. But I, I don't think there's like, a, you know, I, I encourage musicians to go out and continue the education. I mean, even when I'm speaking on panels, like I'm, I'm one of the few panelists I see at some of the bigger expos and things that I go to other panels and discussions so I can be constantly learning. In hearing what's going on and what are the new trends and thought processes and all that sort of thing. So it's something I encourage musicians to do. I wouldn't say that there's not enough musicians going out there and finding, right. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I could definitely use more people in my MX4 course. I would love more people in, in that. And I think that's a, a good resource, but yeah, I think it's important for musicians to yeah. continue the education. And it's the only way that they're going to stay on top of what's going on in the music industry, like right this second, because it's constantly changing. So you can't assume, you know, what everything is and there's always more to learn, especially around publishing and licensing and copyrights and all that stuff. It can be really confusing and really daunting. But if you just sort of take in pieces of information one, you know, one panel at a time, one one article at a time, keep reading stuff, it's good. I think it's will help you grow and, and really become an expert in what you're doing.
0: Right. Yeah. And something that I was about to ask you is is related to to the things that you already mentioned. And even early on you brought up this point that musicians don't kind of have to do specific things that uh, they think everyone else is doing and they can focus on on what they like and it may be performing on just producing on writing songs and so on. But what about the, the income streams? And especially like these days, because the industry is changing all the time, as you mentioned, could you highlight some of the business models and income streams that have really been... Uh, very appropriate to the musicians you've been working with. So have you been making an accidental licensing, for example, or something brand new?
1: Yeah. So I I mean, really, what I talk to musicians about and what I do in my own career, there's every musician is selling something. You're either selling a product, a service or an experience. And the experience, obviously, is touring and and performing live. The product is your merch, t-shirts and obviously your CDs. And services are if you're a composer or a producer or a guitar teacher, like those are services that someone's going to pay you to get that service from. And the people that buy the products are different than the people that buy the experiences or the services. So you just need to be really clear on who you're catering to. Are you trying to license your music? And so you're catering to music supervisors. So you need to make sure that your website and your emails are crafted in a way that you're really catering to that person if you're catering to the potential fan that's going to come out and buy tickets to your shows you want to make sure that you're giving them an opportunity giving them exactly what they want and that's not going to be the same person that's going to you know buy necessarily b- download your cd maybe you know it's so just being really clear on what is you're selling and as musicians a lot of us are selling two of those things sometimes even all three so you just want to make sure that you can be clear on what you're selling and I mean, that's kind of the big thing, like getting the that your audience is going to be different. And if you can break it down and, and really know what they need, then that's going to help you make money, whether it's in licensing or whether it's in teaching or whether it's composing or whether it's selling your CDs or, you know, playing at house concerts. House concerts are a really big thing and something that I encourage a lot of musicians that are are performing live. To start looking into, there's a lot of resources of people that just host their living rooms and will pay you to come and play. And it's a great way to get really great super fans and people that are they get to know you intimately and they're gonna follow you for a while to come. And those usually pay. Looking outside of the box, different kinds of gigs. I mean, I played in casinos on Monday nights in Switzerland that paid me $500 a night, and those were great off nights. I've done ski resort tours in America in Colorado and New England, just playing you know at the restaurants at ski resorts, and they always pay pretty well. So sort of thinking outside of the typical music venue in order to get paid, because a lot of venues right now are not paying musicians favorably. So trying to find those gigs that have the guarantees are important, especially, I mean, this is obviously if you're performing live and then looking at all your music that you have written in the past, how can that be an asset to you right now? I mean, you, you've you created it, you've done the work, so let's go sell it. Encourage your fans to download your music and make cat videos and put on YouTube and ask them to monetize those. You can make some money through YouTube monetization that way if other people are using your music and your music is properly registered with the YouTube catalog. So there are other ways, you know, putting some of your old music into non-exclusive libraries to see if you can get some placements. A lot of different ways to use what you've already created to your advantage.
0: Yeah. Great tips. And I really like hearing you uh, speaking about these topics because we try to cover the topic here from time to time, but still, it's such a common question from musicians. And uh, really, it's common for an artist to see just one of these directions and not trying to yeah, try themselves at something else. I've also seen some musicians having a challenge choosing between these three directions. That you've identified mm-hmm. and sometimes it's kind of difficult like should I just focus on these b2b direction selling music to for commercial purposes or should I just do something like a free record for my fans and it's interesting how it solves creatively and it, it sounds like it's something that you've been going through based on on what you mentioned as well building your own artist brand and focusing on the music license and feel and so on so have you found that it's been really like a challenge or more as a, just a creative process that you've been just enjoying? So not as a problem, but just a natural way things are going for an artist?
1: Well, I mean, there. Are, I don't think anything is predictable in the music industry. So looking to, you know, I wouldn't say it's a problem, but at the same time, I'm, it's not comfortable to just say, okay, I'm going to do this and this and know that you're going to have to. That you're going to get the money coming in, so there, it's constant work, it's constant networking, it's just constant trying to get those composing gigs, but also trying to be an authentic artist and create music, and then you know do what you need to do in order to get that music out there, from recording it to distributing it to you know sharing it and marketing it. So I mean, it it is a lot to take on, and I do create music for various things, and it takes a little bit of focus. And I, you know, sometimes I think, oh, if I only focused on one, like just my artist career. I could do so much better in just that artist career, but then I'm cutting out these other two sources of income, composing and then my musician resources. And then I'm like, no, I should just focus on making courses and that's it. But then I wouldn't be the artist and I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't have the experiences anymore of being the artist. So I feel like cutting one out and focusing is is hard, but I do try to take a couple of weeks and work on one project and then take another couple of weeks. And if stuff comes up, then I sort of weave it in and out. You have to be a master of your calendar in order to do this and not just sort of fly by the seat of your pants. Like, I schedule almost every minute of every day and I only put things in there that I know will make a difference for my career. And it's really important to be organized. And it takes a certain kind of person to create something from the ground up and hope that it keeps working and bringing you income. So, you know, some months are better than others. But I think to wear all of these hats, it takes a lot of organization and it takes a lot of perseverance. But at the same time, I'm never bored. I'm, you know, I have my own schedule and it's, it is inspiring and it's fun and it's exciting. And I, that works for me. And for some people, it doesn't work, you know, going to a a day job every day, showing up, knowing what you need to do, getting a check every two weeks, like that's valuable to other people. So you just sort of need to look at, you know, what are your values and what kind of lifestyle and career are in line with those values.
0: Yeah. And thanks for that other insight as well. Time management is really important for musicians. So. I, yeah. just, I mean when you manage your whole brand and business as an artist you just have to take care of priorities and your time so I'm really glad that you mentioned that as well
1: yeah and I don't even know if I answered your question I kind of uh, don't I, I don't
0: uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's all it's all good so awesome thank you for all the insights so far and where can we find out more and listen to some of your podcasts because I know that you've got one is it something that you yeah kind of publicly promote because it's, it's a part of your, yeah. yeah. So let me know about the podcast so our listeners can check it out.
1: Yeah. It's called key conversations and you can go to in the key of slash podcast and everything you, you can find everything about me, everything I'm up to at CBE music.com. And you know, that will lead to all the other places as well, but The podcast is interviews that participants in my MX4 course, the marketing and money making branding course, the participants in that course are interviewing music business experts, whether it's an Emmy winning composer or touring artist or CEOs of, you know, Pledge Music, different platforms. So they get to interview them and I record those interviews and those interviews are key conversations the podcast so it's not even i host it but it, i'm not even the one doing the interviews and that's that's what's so special about the course is i get to listen and learn and ask questions of these you know music business experts so that's what the podcast is
0: yeah i love the concept great idea uh, with the podcast Thanks. as well and all the links is are in the yeah. show notes obviously as usual so um, everyone listening to us right now can check those out from the show notes once again and so thank you i'm really looking forward to checking out more uh, stuff of yours uh, the podcast uh, the courses that you put out and your your music of course i just check out your you've got your, a new single out right
1: i have a new single with a music video it's part of the record that's going to be released january 15th uh, awesome. in 2016 yeah You're thank you so much place. i appreciate all the <laughs> there's so many links and everything <laughs> thank you i appreciate it
0: Thank you cheryl once again and the listener you can find the show notes at wispin.co forward slash wsr 54 which is the number of this episode, as you could guess. Uh, We're referring to the show notes all the time on this podcast, but I just realized that I don't um, spell the actual URL to the show notes that often. Uh, So uh, in case you're on the go, you can just do it right away. wispin.co forward slash WSR54 in your browser on mobile, and you'll get access to all the links uh, uh, to Cheryl's profiles and projects in this case Uh, if you have any feedback or questions let us know on soundcloud twitter any other platform you can also email me andrew at wispin.co and uh, yeah be sure to check out the next episode out on december 18th it will be the last wispin recipes show this year have a good one and later You have been listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. Learn how we can help you improve your music career at wespin12.com. We Spin 12.